4: Welcome to the Del Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Del Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. Today, my friends, is just another one of those down days in the stock market. Yes, down 875 points, down to 18,000 and a few pennies left over. Who knows what's going to end up? We all know what's going to happen. It's going to keep going down. There is nothing that shows up in what's going on right now that shows any indication that this environment has in any way gotten better. We have not flattened the curve. Uh, We've done nothing, you know? Uh, So, what's it all about, Alfie? Who knows? We have no idea, and that's the problem why everybody's going to be so scared and everybody's going to start letting go of things. I promised last week that I would stay with you, and I have. Uh, Normally I only do radio three days a week, and then I run two reruns, but I'm doing live five days a week because I want to be there with you each and every day to be able to answer your questions, to be able to help you wrap your arms around what's going on and make some financial decisions that could salvage your situation. At this moment, salvaging is a good position to be, salvaged. Uh, And yet, on the other hand, um, when you look at it, in the future, and if you can think that far down the line, and we don't know what that future is, um, I'm guessing six months from now, uh, we will hit rock bottom on this thing. And Well, let me take that back. I think we'll hit rock bottom within three months. I think it'll take six months to get back out of this hole. But somewhere along the line... It's going to happen that people are going to start letting go of assets. And the reason they're going to let go of assets is because they need cash. Cash is king for survival. And, you know, I've seen it already. People have already bought up every gun in every store. I've gone to every store just to see if it was true. I thought once, man, maybe just there's one group of lunatics in my neighborhood that bought up all the guns out of one academy. But I went to all every academy, every dicks, every... Boarding store I went online and looked and there's no ammo and there's no guns and I went online and looked for ammo and there's no ammo online and uh, although I did find some it's interesting if you go online and there's five major um, ammunition dealers out there that sell probably 90% of all the ammo in the country and I went online to all five of them and by doing so I was able to pick up a thousand rounds here and a thousand rounds there of different types of stuff um, that that I shoot, you know, that my guns uh, require, and uh, but most everything is sold out. The other thing that's interesting is sold out is all the health club equipment. <laughs> there's no weights, there's no dumbbells, there's no uh, barbells, there's no plates. Even you can't you know I think what happened, the same thing happened with me, is that. You know, as you're sitting there working out in your own personal gym, you go, like, okay, I got 500 pounds. And 500 pounds for toying around is probably okay. It's great for my wife. It's everything she needs. But when I get on that leg press machine, I need six, 700 pounds. I didn't have enough weight. So, and besides that, you can't use all the little ones because the bar only goes out so far. So, you need a big one. So, I went out looking for plates, and luckily, I got a couple. I think I bought the last two heavy plates. Or, actually, I bought six. The last six heavy plates uh, in the store, and I went to multiple stores, and... I mean, I got them all. That's all there was. So now I can work out heavy in my personal gym. I've got really, I'm set here to survive forever. I really could. And, you know, I'm not telling you that to impress you or whatever. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that I'm able to sit here and work with you and rationalize through this with you because I'm not living a life of fear, although I am the person that is of the right age and have the right type of uh, problems physically, health-wise, that I could be subjected to this and maybe even die from this type of disease. So all told, let's get started here today. What are the five things we're watching? We're watching our health, we're watching our food supply, we're watching our income supply, we're watching our security, and we're watching our investments. Those are the five things we got to keep our hands and arms around and stay on top of here for the next couple of weeks or months until this thing is over, and we need to discuss them every day. Now, I did promise last week that I would get to your questions, and so I will today do emails, And uh, I would like to just pontificate on this thing because I've got all kinds of ideas and things that I've been thinking about, uh, of which I've started to see um, some of the something-for-nothing, instantaneous, gratificationally-diseased people out there uh, that sell get rich quick seminars and stuff. I'm seeing them go out of business already. They're starting to hurt, um, guys. You need to get to a program that has the education information necessary. For you to invest correctly over the short term and the long term, but this instantaneous stuff—these guys that are taking your money, these solicitors are out there, uh, you know, telling you to come give them all of your money so you can invest with them—they—they uh, got to go, guys. You got to get your own money into the deals that are safe. Um, you got to get away from these people, these something-for-nothing people, these give-me-your-money guys, you know. These give-me-you-money guys are going to go out of business. They've, they've already, I've already seen signs of it. It's happening. And the, the louder they talk, the louder they scream, the more impressed they are with their own egos, the quicker they're going down. Just take my word for it. They're all hype, and they're going. And I'd, I'd love to sit and pontificate on this all day long. We'll get off of it. Um, there are certain things that you've got to be aware of uh, that have to be taken care of. And you've got to take care of those things. I uh, spoke with my uh, 83-year-old uncle the other day. He's the only male Wamsley in my family that lived past 65. I don't know what the guy's taking, but whatever it is, you know, he's got, like, both hips replaced, and he can barely walk, and he's alive. And, uh, you know, I was just talking with him, and he you know, he sounds good, and he's excited, and he's, you know, saying I should take care of myself. and that weird 63 years old a t- guy 20 years older than me telling me I should take care of myself? Uh, it's a pretty weird feeling, to, to say the least. But you know, as you go through this stuff, you start to see. You take the time, especially now that everybody's at home, you have the time to think through some of this stuff. So, some of the decisions you've made in life that you've always wished you had the time to research, look up, and really make a new decision, this is that time where you can do that, and you should take advantage of that. You need to research. Uh, research Lifestyle Unlimited. Go back as far as you can go. Talk to as many people as you can. And you're going to find we've been in business for 27, 28, 29, 30 years. I guess it's like 29 years right now, 29 and a half years. And uh, you'll see we've been helping people help themselves for all that time. And um, the people that we're helping right now, the ones that listen to what we're doing and tol- and listen to what we tell them to do, are, are doing pretty well right now. There are some... That don't listen. You know, think about it. Even if you take a course and you tell someone don't over leverage, they may can't help themselves. They just over leverage. You tell someone not to buy a piece of type of real estate that doesn't. Isn't a safe bet and they still buy it because they think it's a safe bet they think it's a great deal well it's a great deal because nobody wants it nobody wants it because it's not a great deal so you see this kind of stuff happening all the time so there's gonna be crash and burn people happening around us the other thing that's interesting is we see the people that are really good operators that own these apartment complexes and have investors with them they're the good syndicators and these guys are out there and they are making the moves I mean it's just amazing Um, Um, We're having daily, daily meetings with these people, hundreds of them, and we're talking about what is the best thing you can do, what is is the the best move you can make right now to get through this and, and survive and so on and so forth, because there's a thousand little decisions to make each day about issues in real estate right now because of changing laws, changing employment laws, uh, changing uh, eviction laws. They're changing everything up on you right now, and so you've got to be on top of what's going on. And again, how do you do that if you're not a part of a group of people that that's their business? That's what they do all day long. We have connections with economists. I just got off the phone the other day uh, for about an hour with an economist, one of the top economists in Texas. we, we have contacts with the, you know, the state and the uh, political people in line because of the apartment association connections we have. And so we're in there. We're involved with what's going on, and, you know, you need to be. And I've seen some stuff out there on Facebook where people are saying, well, don't worry about it. People that are getting down right now are just getting down, and you shouldn't get down. You should be up and positive, and everything's going to be okay. All right, dude. Go ahead. Believe that. We'll see what happens in a few months when it's not so beautiful. We'll be right back with the Del Walms Radio Show. You have to decide, am I willing to get in right now? Is the world over, is the good world over, is it going to crash?
0: Miss your chance to ask Dell a question during the show? You can connect with Dell off the air, too. Go to dellontheradio.com, click on the Twitter link, and ask your question. Hashtag Ask Dell.
4: I believe that a good teacher has the skill set to be able to bring people through multiple levels of learning that are completely different from one another.
0: Have a comment for Dell instead? Use Hashtag TellDell.
6: Do you have an extremely long work commute? Are you tired of sitting in rush hour traffic stressing about your nine to five corporate grind? Maybe you're thinking, I need a new work route or a better boss. What you really need is a better way of making money. You need a passive income stream. At Lifestyles Unlimited, we've been teaching people how to invest in real estate for 29 years. Lifestyles Unlimited will teach you the five ways to make money with real estate investing. One of the ways is market appreciation. Real estate doubles in value every 20 years. It may fluctuate in the short term, but is forced to rise over the long term with inflation of building materials, labor, and scarcity of land. While stock investors live and die by market appreciation, real estate investors see it as a nice bonus to the other four ways real estate makes them money. To learn how, attend a free Lifestyles Unlimited workshop by visiting LifestylesUnlimitedAustin.com. That's LifestylesUnlimitedAustin.com to learn the map to financial freedom in less than five years. Our free workshop calendar at LifestylesUnlimitedAustin.com.
3: Talk 1370, the right choice.
2: Unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America, one person at a time, Del Wamsley.
4: Welcome back to Del Wamsley radio show. Uh, Like I said here for the last week, now we've been uh, following what's going on um, in this uh, COVID virus thing and uh, trying to look at answering questions for people and what they should be doing as far as their health, their food supplies, their income, their security, and their investments. Uh, those are all topics that are, that are close to everyone's mind right now. And uh, let's see if we can do some positive here today and maybe answer some questions. First question that came up is I just got this one. By the way, if you want to get your question in, send it to askdell at l-u-i-n-c dot com. That's A-S-K-D-E-L, one L. Dell at l-u-i-n-c dot com. If you can't remember that, it's Lifestyles Unlimited, Inc., L-U-I-N-C dot com. So uh, send me your questions, we'll get them to you. The first one, one just came in just a second ago. Uh, a guy was reporting to me that he used to use a company, National um, nationalevictions.com or something like that. I'm just off the top of my head, remember what it was he said. Um, and he yeah, was wondering, you know, are the, you know has all always had good results with these people in the past? Will they work now? And the answer is, I don't think so. And I'll tell you why. Uh, in the state of Texas, they have shut all evictions down through April. See, what are we in March? Yeah, through April. Uh, and Or as they call, until further notice, which is indefinitely until April 30th and then and until further notice. Which means you can have the greatest company in the world. They can't file because the courts are closed. So, you know, they don't want people in the groups up there in these eviction courts. So they don't want to put people out on the street. And so as an owner, you're going to have to have a product that people want to stay and want to pay. Uh, People that can't pay because they don't have a job. Well, now you're going to have to become big brother and you're going to have to make some type of arrangement with them. You can still file the eviction, but they won't take them to court. Um, So we've been told that. They probably will take them in the order they were filed in when they open back up. So filing is probably a good thing to do uh, anyway if you need to file. But on the other hand, you can turn around and make some arrangements with them. Um, We've made some arrangements with people and say, Look, you're not a bad person. You lost your job. You can't pay. You got to move back in with mom. You you know, just go move back in with mom and dad or just go move in with your brother your sister or your friend or move in with your girlfriend or whatever, you know. And what we'll do is we'll give you back your security deposit and uh, we'll give you a good uh, reference to the next place. You know, no need to hurt them if they will do you right and just get out so you can rent it to somebody who has not lost their job. And by the way, you're going to be renting still. We're still leasing units. There are people that have jobs that are still working and that need a place to live. Uh, One thing you're going to need to do very carefully, though, is screen very carefully, right? Other people are making arrangements like, hey, we'll put you on a payment plan or we'll reduce your rent. We'll give you a lower rent for a while, you know, just so that you can pay something towards your rent and then, you know, maybe catch it up later on. Uh, Hopefully that would work, but we don't know. You know, maybe these people never get back on their feet. Who knows how long this thing goes and, you know, time that you rent to people. Is lost cause. In other words, every airplane hour that airplane seats are sitting empty, you can't get those hours of empty seats back. And so, same thing is true with a vacant unit. You can't get that time back. So you're going to have to, you know, you're going to have to sharpen your, sharpen your game, guys. That's all there is to it. If you have a great product, great place to live, and people want to stay there, they're going to try to pay you if they can't. Then you can make arrangements and they will try to make the arrangements work, uh, I'm sure. And then there are going to be the other people. You know, the ones, the purple Martians out there that you never should have put in. And you're going to pay the price for putting purple Martians in right now, guys. They're not going to pay. They're not going to leave. They're going to tear the place up. They're going to be out and about. You won't be able to get them out of your courtyards. You're going to be outside smoking dope and, you know, running tricks and whatever they do. These people are going to give you a problem and they're going to be a real problem to you. Now. Jesse also said that they will allow evictions on people that are a threat. They're dangerous. They're a threat. They're threatening people with violence. You can get rid of those people. So keep that in mind out there. So will the eviction company do you much good? They won't do you a lot of good right now. Um you're going to have to operate and manage your properties. There's lots of different ways that we've talked about. If you were a member here, you'd be a part of these discussions, You know, hour-long discussions on different ways that the different owners are working to keep their tenants and not lose them. And they've got all kinds of things, like some people have child uh type arrangements. I thought one was very cute. They had a coloring contest. Now, you don't want to put all your kids together and get them all sick. So what they do is everybody, all the kids at home color their best picture. And then they put them out on the mailboxes or on the, you know, the board, the notice board. And they give them a number, and they let everybody vote on them. And the winner gets something, whatever you give this kid, you know, prize, a present, a gift, a toy, whatever. And that keeps the kids interested in something, right? So they don't go whack-a-mole crazy in your, your apartment and, or on their parents, whichever. So we see people doing stuff like that. Uh, we've got people that have created dog walk areas so that people can get out and walk in a, in a line that they don't have to walk all together. In other words, you have uh, a way for people to get out and exercise outside um, so they don't have to all be on top of each other, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, some of the amenities are being uh, shut down completely, and other amenities, they're, they're actually just scheduling. In other words, there's a sign-up board if you want to go to the gym, Uh, Only two people can be in the gym at a time or three people because they're small gyms. Uh, And so you can sign up. There's three slots per one hour. You can sign up for one hour in the gym or 30 minutes in the gym, however you want to do it. And uh, when your time is done, you're done. you got to leave. Somebody else is coming. It's their time. Uh, You know, again, massive amounts of creativity I'm seeing from people on how to deal with situations that are there, try to keep their tenants, you know, stay to stay, you know, talk them into and want to stay. You know, create a product that they don't want to leave. You know, if they see that you're trying, good people will try also. But like I said, if you didn't screen your tenants, don't tell me these people all went bad today. They didn't go bad because of coronavirus. They were bad. You didn't screen them well enough, and now you have to live with them, right? I've always joked about tenants. Unlike children, you get to pick them. You get to screen them. Don't you wish you could screen your kids in that one wacko out of the three or four you had, that one that's just a lunatic you wish would have sent that one back or, you know, not allowed it to move in? (laughs) You're going to tell now you're really going off the deep end picking on my kids and telling me I don't love all my kids the same. Well, I won't say. You you figure that one out. Uh, Moving along here, next question is, um, at this time— interest rates are very low. Now I've got many questions. I'm probably going to take two or three of these questions and mull them together here. This one says, "Hi Dell, what a crazy time right now. We're invest we're investing, we're investigating a refi on our primary residence. We were hoping to pull out some debt equity, but no such luck. So we'll just do the rate refi. We are currently at 4.75 for 30 years and they're telling us we can get 3.5 with a discount point, which does doesn't really, un- which I don't really understand and what it's meant by that. I assume it's how the mortgage company gets paid. We should lock in or wait. When we come back, I'll answer that question and many, many more that you've sent me. We'll be right back with the Del Wamsley Radio Show.
5: Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on. We talk about basketball now, golf and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happens. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Talk 13-7 The Right Choice.
2: Welcome back. Now here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America one person at a time. Dell Wamsley. Welcome back to the Del
4: Wamsley Radio Show. Today we're taking questions on um, what type of investment moves should I be considering during these uh, terrible times here with the COVID virus situation going on. And uh, right before we went to break, we had a guy ask, uh, should I refinance my house? He wanted to refinance his house and take cash out, but he couldn't. I assume that's because he uh, didn't have enough equity in the house or his debt to income ratio was too large, one of the two. That would have been a good decision to make, to pull equity out of your house right now is a good time. Why? Because you need cash to survive. You don't need equity in your home. Your home is useless. Home equity is useless. Let me repeat that one more time. Your home equity is useless. If you don't get it out now, before you lose your job, you won't be able to refinance it out and you won't be able to live off of it. You could have $400,000 worth of equity and not be able to pay your bills because you have no cash. The stock market crashes and boom you're broke. You can't refinance. You go to sell, the house sells for 50 cents on the dollar because the market is crashed. Can you get your money out? No, you lose. Just like you lost in the stock market, now you're going to lose on your home. Get your money out of your house. Refinance that equity out of there. Why? Number one, because you need the cash to survive these tough six months that are coming up on us. And number two, interest rates are lower than they've ever been. And you need to lock in that long-term interest rate. Don't go 15 years, folks. Go 30 years. Why? Because you want the smallest payment possible, which will conserve your cash flow and keep you afloat during those times when maybe you don't have a job. Maybe they put you out of work. And you need to have very, very small payments. Now, what's the worst case scenario? Could happen. You can't pay the payments. Well, I'll tell you what. I'd rather have the 400000 out of my house and in my pocket and not be able to pay the mortgage, they can take the damn house. I'm sorry. They can take the house, but I want the money in my pocket. Do you understand that? That's very important that I have that liquidity in my pocket whenever possible. Um, Moving on here, the next one. Oh, he said, uh, what is a point? Uh, they want me to pay a point to lower the interest rate. A point is how you buy down. It's 1% of the loan you pay to them to buy the interest rate down lower. And from what they're quoting you at 35 After a point, I don't believe it. Interest rates are lower than 3.5, even without paying the point. So I think in this particular situation, you're getting gouged. I would shop around. Right now, I think you should be able to get a personal residence loan for under 3.5, even without paying a point. Uh, Stock market's down 875. Wow, $18,000. Ooh, $18,000. Got some people hurting there, I'm sure. Next question. I listen to your podcast on Wednesday. What are your thoughts on purchasing rentals now? Would you suggest that I wait and see Uh, we may be buying at the top? I'm I'm concerned about renters being able to pay the rent. Okay, two things, both questions. I've gotten many, many times. One, is it time to buy? Answer, if people have started to break. I talked to a guy late last night. He called me and wanted to know. He wants to sell his house and get out while the market's high. It hasn't gone down yet. And then he wants to buy his neighbor's home. And I said, well, you know, offer your neighbor 50 cents on the dollar. And he said, well, I don't want to gouge her. She's in the nursing home or she's dying or whatever. I said, look, this isn't about gouging someone. If you don't want to do business with her, then don't do business with her. But this is about realizing that that house that is in disrepair right now because she doesn't live there and hasn't had anybody living there for a while, isn't worth what the marketplace today might think it is. In a week or two or a month or three, that house might be selling for 50 cents on the dollar. You need to make an offer based on what it could be. And if they say no, well then you can always come back and offer more if the market doesn't start going down. But if you can't buy a piece of real estate right now at a decent discount, at a decent price, then this probably isn't the time to buy yourself a place to live or to buy yourself a full-price rental property. That just isn't what you need to be doing right now. Give it 30, 60, 90 days. You've gone a year, two years, five years, 10 years, and not bought any real estate. You can wait one more month. Uh, And by the way, if you don't know how to do it like this gentleman really had some idea about what he was doing, but he was just worried about what he was offering. Um, if you don't know what you're doing, then you better get in and get some education. Come to Lifestyles Unlimited, take some classes, and learn how to do this the correct way. Because with all this market tension, there are gonna be people out there that are unscrupulous and they're gonna be out there taking advantage of people. So you need that education uh, to help you through. Um, let's see here. Uh, worried about tenants not being able to pay? Well, that is true. There are going to be if you put bad tenants in a situation where some tenants cannot pay. If you put bad tenants in, uh, or if people lose their jobs, so you're going to need to look at the type of jobs they have. And is that a um, I, w- I would want a tenant right now that has a job that is a essential job cause they're laying off everybody with non-essential jobs. I want somebody who's got an essential job. Give me a doctor, give me a nurse, right? Give me a delivery driver for uh, food. Give me somebody who works at a grocery store. I mean, they're hiring in these places, guys. And by the way, if you've lost your job, you can go get a job if you need some cash to survive they're they're hiring in lots of places right now you won't be doing what you want to do but you know this is just a short-term short-term problem to get over for the next month or two or six you know and i i hate the fact that people keep thinking that this thing is just going to go away in a week or two yeah people get healthy and then everybody be back to work there's not going to be businesses to come back to people yeah if it turned around in a week maybe it would be okay but if it goes a month or two Businesses are already going broke. They're already shutting down. They're laying people off for good. And you know what they are going to figure out? They're going to figure out, I can run this business with half the people. You know, if I bring back only half the people, I can still run the business. You know, and at first it it'll be slow, so I won't need that many people. So they'll only bring back a few people. And then they'll figure out they don't really need all those people anyway, right? Next question, we had significant resources in mutual funds on 320, down 19% in value since December. As cash did, and I guess he's questioning, uh, on Friday's radio show you spoke about stock market investment, getting out of the market and going to cash and bonds. As cash, did you mean put those funds in a bank account for duration of the recession? Not sure if I cited the legitimate concerns. Uh, are the reasons for placing those funds in bond safety plus or minus interest during if interest rates continue to go down, bond values go up. That's why I said bonds, right? And I see it as an interest rate shrinking environment. If interest rates go down, bond values go up. So you actually make some money as far as value goes, right? Bingo. Uh, but more or less, most of the money is going to be in savings accounts. Now I talked to somebody last night, again, another person called me up and said, look, I'm doing We said, I'm moving all my money. But I had a question as to how much protection do I have in case the bank goes out of business. I said, well, you have exactly $250,000 protection by the U.S. government, uh, FDIC, for each account that you own. He said, well, if I own three accounts in one bank, does that $250,000? No, it's 250000 per bank. So, you have to spread your money out over many, many, many banks, and I laughed and told the person, "I think I'm over thirty banks. I have my money spread out across. Uh, and you realize they were married, so they get two people, they get two hundred and fifty for the husband, two hundred and fifty thousand for the wife. And then I said, "You have a kid, Yeah, okay, well, then put your kid on that account also, and now you can get seven hundred and fifty thousand. You get one you two hundred and fifty thousand per person on the account, right? That is a beneficiary of the account. So by doing that, they got 750000 per account, and they can keep that down to three or four accounts, whatever it is, the maximum amount of money they have. I don't know what it is. I'm just making that up. But you understand what I'm saying. You can spread your money out at whatever number of people you have, husband, wife, and kids. Each can be beneficiaries, and you get $250,000 protection for each person that is a beneficiary on each account, uh, on each bank. I'm sorry, not each account, on each bank. So you're going to have to spread some of that money out, right? All right, good question. Let's move on. It's my time here, got to keep track, don't lose track. Is there any indication of general contract employees being a non essential business and should we halt new rehab purchase projects? Um, opinion. Don't have a fact on this one, have not heard facts on this one, but opinion. I think if the federal government is sitting there going, we need to build hospitals. Uh, or we need to rehab a rental property for you to make money with, I think they're going to call you out that that is not essential business. And what will happen is they'll take those contractors and say they shouldn't be working because they're not working on essential business, or they're going to put them to work building hospitals or something. Um, I don't think you should be buying a rehab project right now. It may be that you won't be able to get anybody to do the work. Secondly, you may not be able to get the materials you need to finish the work because the transportation of those materials may not be available to you. So all short, long short of this thing is my answer is I would not be buying rehab projects right now. We'll take a short break, be right back with the Dell Wamsley radio show. Are you afraid to go
5: what would happen if you didn't show up for work tomorrow? For the next couple of days, for a week, a couple of months, a year?
4: talk
2: 1370 the right choice some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire america one person at a time del wamsley
4: welcome back to del wamsley radio show today we're trying to answer questions that have been coming in for the last week of what to do during these tough times during the covid virus uh, situation we're going through right now i've got a bunch of them one of them's uh, just got a, question from a guy who sent me a a bunch of financial information about properties looking at buying Uh, I talked to this gentleman last night and told him that you know he should probably offer this person 50 cents on the dollar and uh, now I find out what he sent to me here is that it's even worse than what I thought this is absolute Michael bad deals walk away from this deal do not do it what is Michael looking at He's looking at a house that is his neighbor's house. It's only 576 square feet, one bedroom, one bath. And uh, tax records have it worth $282,000. And all the other houses in the neighborhood are worth in the 400s, high threes to 400s. But that's because they're two and three bedroom bathroom houses. Nothing is less than 800 square feet in that neighborhood. Most stuff's up around 1,000, 1,500, so forth. This 500-square-foot home is not a good property to buy uh, and especially not at the 200000 that I told you about because it's tax assessed here at, at only 229000 I think, yeah. And uh, the truth of the matter is for you to buy this thing and, and get any kind of uh, a deal on it, um, you'd probably have to offer, well, I said 200000 it's tax assessed at two eighty-two. I just don't think anything, I wouldn't pay anything, anything over 200000 Uh, 576 square feet that's not a home family's gonna want to buy whatever so I'm gonna say no on that one or you better steal it next question came in is a question about employees has a person here's a real long email I'm not gonna read it all to you basically comes down to this Um, she has a situation where she has an employee that wants to get a job as a truck driver Um, she knows the person she likes the person they're friendly good people Uh, really seem like could be a good employee bottom line is this employee though has proven in the past that they cannot Understand the economics of what they do for a living, and spends money, wastes money by cr- taking two small deliveries on each truck, using up gas that they don't need to use up for a small delivery. Doesn't and going and getting the truck weighed, which costs every time you do that, and so on and so forth. And the bottom line is, I said, look, it doesn't matter how nice a person is, how good a person is, it matters whether or not they contribute to the business. If this person is contributing to the downfall of your business, then you should not hire this person. Period. Uh, let's see. Next one here is, uh, we're a brand new member and have just completed the passive investor certification. We only have 50 K to start investing and we are all set to jump in as a passive deal and have sent out emails to potential leads, but with the looming, Recession? should we hold back on our capital and wait to jump in? You absolutely should hold back and wait. Give it a month. Give it 30 days. You've done your, your education. You're ready to go. Now you're sitting on the sidelines waiting for those preferreds, uh, for that um, syndicator lead investor to send you an email that says, hey, I found one that somebody misoperated, mishandled, Uh, went cash poor on and lost it, and we're going to buy it 10% below what it's worth or 20% below what it's worth, it won't go right down to 50%. Believe me, there's enough people out there. But if they can get to it quick enough and the person's hurting bad enough and they want to dump it and get out of it before they lose their shirt, they might sell it 10% below what it's really worth. Uh, You know, remember, a person only has 20% equity in any property they own, even if they're in a good situation. 20% equity is typical. That means they can only sell it at 20% loss before it's got to go back to the bank. So if it hasn't gone back to the bank yet, you know, a 10% discount would be what you'd want to hear to trigger that, hey, this one's a good one to get into. Otherwise, if they're just buying at full market price, this is not a time to buy at full market price. Next question. Yesterday's show was excellent. I hope you can address the situation where people may have trouble paying their rent on time. I would like the perspective. I think I covered that semi-well during the first segment uh, when we talked about, you know, there's going to be times we're going to have to make some deals with tenants and you're going to live with what you put in there right now. But there will be tenants that cannot pay because they lost their job. Uh, there will be tenants that could pay. Uh, you just want to get the ones that can pay to pay, and you want to make it so comfortable they don't want to leave, and you want to make the place, you know, you know as nice as it can be during this COVID-19 whatever, you know, disaster. Next question, please advise how to proceed with tenants who cannot pay in April. Uh, pay April rent, I guess they've said went, but it must be rent. When should I consider three-day notice? How much time should I give the tenants? I have seven single families, and I'm sure I have to rent issues with at least two of them. Um, Diane, the situation is basically this. You, you You can evict after three days, but you're not going to be able to go to court. You can file, and you should file. If these people are not going to pay you, you should file so that when the courts do open back up, you are in that line. You've taken that ticket, you've got your number, and you're in line for when they call you up and say, okay, come on in, we'll try your case next. Um, that's all you can do, except, like I said earlier in the show, you can try to reason with them and, you know, say, hey, look, I'll give you back your security deposit, I'll let you give you a good... Reference, Just please leave. Just go away so I can rent somebody who can not afford to pay and see if you can get them to move out. Other than that, there's really nothing you can do at this point. I mean, you can't shoot them. You can't take the door off. You can't turn the air conditioner, break the air conditioner, all that stuff. He's going to get you sued, and you don't want to get into that kind of an action as a landlord. Uh, let's see here. Uh, listening to your show yesterday, and we'll be listening again to guess guess My question has more about how the recession would affect multifamily deals. Do you see parallel shifts in multifamily market as recession progresses? Thank you for your openness. Yes, I do see that it will affect multifamily deals. I have already know of one property that's going to probably go back to the bank. Um, like I said the other day when I mentioned this property, the property had problems before the COVID virus thing occurred layer of the COVID problem on top of that and the ability uh, to lose a lot of tenants. And I think their, their situation was they shut down the rodeo here in Houston and the rodeo was they have a um, short-term rental situation, so it's a little different. But the rodeo was going to really bolster them and keep them in high cotton there for a while. And since they shut the rodeo down, they don't have that. And uh, since there's no travel, the short-term Housing environment is going to be problematic, Uh, especially for you people that are out there and didn't listen to me, never listen. Nobody listens to me. You know, I just sit here and ramble on. There's probably nobody even listening on the radio right now. But uh, I've told people for years, don't buy vacation homes. Don't buy stuff you rent by the week or the month because it's the first to go out of business when things go down. Hope we answered some of your questions, and we'll be back tomorrow and do the same. I'll have a guest on. And remember, it's not the money. It's the lifestyle, what's left
2: of it after this virus. Dell Radio Show, teaching you the opposite of everything you've been taught so you can obtain the results you've never obtained. Join us seven days a week. Can't get enough? Visit DellOnTheRadio.com to listen to the Dell Momsley Radio Show, access past show podcasts, and join the conversation.